Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn your, turn your Bible to Jeremiah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. familiar scripture tonight. We're going to look at it a whole new way, I promise. Jeremiah 29, we're going to read verses 11 through 13. And uh, while you're turning, I want to give honor to my pastor, give honor to all you guys. Um, like, like I always do, I want to thank you all for giving me opportunity to stand up here and to break the bread of the word and uh, something that you shouldn't take light and I, lightly and I don't very serious business, but I appreciate every opportunity that I get to stand up here, and I thank you for that. I also want to give uh, honor to my wife tonight. It's our 15th anniversary today. My beautiful wife, Tara, she's, she knows me better than anyone else in the world, and she still loves me. And that's a miracle in itself. Somebody say amen. You guys don't know me half as well as she she does. Just think of yeah, just think about it. But uh, she's my bestest good friend. That's our little joke that we have between us. She is my best friend. She's support when uh, I need it, and uh, inspiration and uh, strength. And um, I love her so very much. And uh, fifteen more, forty more. Who knows? Amen? <laughs> she says, boy, you'll really be old then, huh? Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. How, somebody say, he hears my, he, he'll hear my prayers. Say, he'll hear my prayers. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. I want to speak to you for just a while tonight on this thought. An end you expect or an expected end? An end you expect or an expected end? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this night. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to stand before you, God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way tonight in the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray, Lord, that our ears and eyes and hearts will be open, Lord, to your word, God. Let your anointing flow in the name of Jesus, I pray. We'll give you all praise, all honor, and all glory for anything that's accomplished in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I really believe that the Lord's given me a word tonight, as I usually say that, don't I? But uh, this, this, this is uh, a, a great word that came uh, to me here this past week, and I think it's great, so I hope you do too. And I told Tara on the way over here, I, I said, uh, I said, you know, really, there's something really good I have tonight to bring forth. I said, I hope I can bring it forth the way God gave it to me. I hope I don't mess it up. 
But she said, oh, I'm sure you'll do okay. And I said, uh, I said, but, you know, it, God gives it. Um, but how many knows we can get in the way, you know? And I told her, I said, of the two of us, I'm probably the weak link. <laughs> just, just, you know, just saying. But what great words these are. We read these words, such uplifting words. Such I've gone to this many times and, and to reaffirm my faith, to, lift my, to lift, pull myself up by the bootstraps, so to speak. I've gone to these words and read them. These are great words. Okay? The Father is thinking of you. Okay? He, he has thoughts toward you. Uh, uh, Carl Christman, born in West Virginia. Okay? He's 82 years old. The Lord has thoughts about you, okay? Uh, Tara Christman, the Lord has thoughts about you, okay? Brother Dale Smith, the Lord has thoughts about you. Mindy Rossler, the Lord has thoughts about you, just about you. Bump your neighbor and say, the Lord's thinking about you. <laughs> what great words, and if you've ever just contemplated that. I mean, we're talking about uh, Almighty God. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about uh, the one, the true God knows your name, knows my name, knows where we are and thinks about us. And the thoughts that he has towards you are good thoughts. Okay. He wants good things for you. He wants strength for you. He wants peace for you. He wants life for you. Somebody say amen. Bump your neighbor said he likes you. Okay. Most of the time. <laughs> I'm not sure where you are today, but I'm here to tell you that almighty God, the creator of the universe, wants good things for you. I don't care where you feel like you are in, in the line of, with God or if you're, uh, you're living in rebellion or wherever you are in the world, the Lord wants good things for you. Second Peter 3, 9 says, he's not willing that any should perish, right? But that all, that all should come to repentance, okay? He wants us all to be saved. Somebody say amen. God has a plan for your life. He knows just how he wants you to be. He knows just how, who he wants you to be. He knows where he wants you to be, okay? He has all these things. He's already been to the end. He's already seen what's best for you, and he, want, he knows exactly who he wants you to be. Now, these words were written when Israel was in captivity in Babylon. And he told them, if you read that whole chapter, he told them, he said, now you're going to go live in Babylon, but go there and live. Don't sulk. Don't pout. Don't whine. Go there and live. Build a house and live in it. Plant fruit, plant fruit, plant trees, plant crops, and harvest them, okay? He told him, he said, go and live. He said, but there's coming a time when you're not going to be there anymore. There's, there's coming a time when he's going to bring you back under his wing. He's going to bring you back into the land where, you, where, where he promised that would be your home. Okay, understand that that's us today. Okay, we, we live in a world that's full of trouble. What, what did Job say? He said, the days are few, man's days are few, and they're full of trouble. Somebody say amen. If you, if you live very long on this, on, on this earth, it doesn't take you very long to sustain some trauma. 
Somebody say, man, I don't care how old you are. If you're a little child or if you're a grown man, you have sustained some trauma if you've lived here very long. Somebody say amen. But understand that this is not our home. This is not where we're, where we're destined to be. This is not where he's going to leave us. So we can look around us and we can see all the trials, all the trouble, all the tribulation that's going on all around us. But understand that he wants us to build houses and live in them. He wants us to plant crops and harvest them. He wants us to live. He wants us to have joy in our life on the earth. Somebody say amen. John 15, 19 says, you're not of this world. Okay. He says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. He said, but because you're not of the world and I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Okay. Understand that even though we, we are here, we're not supposed to be of this world. Somebody say amen. Pages sticking together. His purpose in your life, in my life, is eternal. His purpose in your life is eternal. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, until the day of Jesus Christ. Understand that the work might be going on. I'm not who I'm going to be. I'm not who that he had purposed me to be, but I'm not who I was. There's work that's going on inside me. The work of the spirit is powerful. It's effectual. It's affecting a change in my life. Somebody say amen. And understand that there's nothing on this earth that can hinder his work in me. There's no power, there's no principality, there's no trouble, there's nothing that can come into your life that can hinder his work in you if you, allow, if you don't allow it. Somebody say amen. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Okay, I understand, I want you to hear this tonight. I want you to hear this, I got this in red letters in my notes. If we love God as he instructs us, and, if, and if, if we are called according to his purpose, okay, then there is nothing that can happen to me on this earth. There's nothing that can happen to me on this earth that does not work for my good. Amen. Understand that. I'm going to say it one more time because I, I don't think that was a good enough amen. He said, or I said, if we love God, this verse here tells us, okay, let me read it again. And we know that all things work together. For the good of those who love them. That all things. That's good and bad things. Trouble, uh, tribulation, turmoil in the world. It can all work to our good. Somebody say amen. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So if we love God as he instructs us to love him, and if we're called according to his purpose, which we know we are, if he's called us out, he's got a purpose for us. Somebody say amen. And so th if that's true, then nothing can happen to me on the earth Nothing can happen to me on the earth that does not work for my good. Amen. Somebody say amen. If that's not, I don't, it, it's a promise right there in black and white. It clicked now. Now let's shift a little bit of a gear here. Now, we all know that it sinks thoughts to, towards us, right? And that those thoughts are good thoughts, right? Okay? And that he has purpose for my life, right? And his purpose for my life is eternal, right? Ecclesiastes 3.11. Now, I read this the other day, and uh, something jumped out at me, and it confused me a little bit. And I had to do a little bit of search. Okay, how many knows that sometimes you got to study to show yourself approved? 
And if you don't understand something, the worst thing you can do is gloss over it. Okay, now do I understand all things? No. Am I a Greek or Hebrew scholar? No, no, but I am a student. Okay, so understand that when, we, when it says study to show yourself approved, sometimes you've got to study to show yourself approved. Somebody say amen. So I had to get in, I had to dig into this verse, okay? Ecclesiastes 3.11, he said, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Now, everything made beautiful in his time. Now, nothing in existence, understand me today, nothing in existence is out of the reach of God's ability to make it beautiful. Okay, uh, there is no, there's nobody whose life is too far gone. There's nobody who has made too many mistakes. There is nobody who has gone beyond God's ability to restore, to heal, to bring, to bring, uh, give a future to. Somebody say amen. There's nobody that's too scarred up. Okay, there's nobody that, that, that has gone too far, that has been beat up too bad, that God can't reach, help, restore. Somebody say amen. Now, scars can be... Uh, there, people don't, you know, when you talk about scars, those are kind of bad things, right? You know, you kind of think, oh, man, this is a bad injury, okay? But how many knows that sometimes scars uh, tell a story? Okay, you can look at my life, and I can walk you through my life, and they're not all physical scars, but I can walk you through my life by my scars, okay? I can show you the road that I walked by my scars. So understand that scars can be beautiful. Okay, scars can, can tell a story. Stars, scars can reach people that words never could. Okay, scars can reach people because you could say, look, this is where I was. This is what happened to me. This is the, this is the depth that I was in. This was the hole I was in. And look what God did for me. And there's something that preaches all on its own about that. So somebody, you know, the, uh, Brother Anthony and me were talking one day. He said the, first, the worst thing about counselors are counselors who've never been where you've been. And these people are try, they're, 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 they're trying to tell you how to get out of where you are, and they've never been there themselves. Somebody say amen. How many knows experience can preach? Somebody say amen. How many knows that somebody being injured can preach? Scars can preach. Somebody say amen. Now, in his time, what does that mean? That means that uh, I read a poem one time, and I, if we have time tonight, if the, if the Lord leads, I, I brought it with me. I might read it, but only God can unfold a rose. Okay, there's time that it takes. You ever, you ever see a rose and it's a bud, and over the course of time, it will unfold, and, and every rose is unique. Okay, what, what the, 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 basically the premise of the poem is, is that whatever's happening in your life, God can, number one, make it beautiful. Okay, but number two, it's going to be in his time. Okay, sometimes we look at our life and we're in the middle of it, and it's not too pretty, right? It's not, it's not something that we want to share with anyone. It's not something that we want ever, anyone ever, ever, would ever want anyone to see. Somebody say amen. But when it comes a time when God's healed us, when he's restored us from that, when he's brought us out, that, that you start to open up and you could show those scars. You could show who you really are because the fullness has come. The healing has come. The restoration has come. It, but it's only in his time. Only he knows his, his timeline his purpose of, you, of having you on his wheel. Remember the potter's wheel? And he's molding you and shaping you into what he wants you to be. And it's in his time. And it's in his way. Somebody say amen. So he said, this verse says, then it says, it set the world in their heart. Now, 
want you to stay with me because I'm going something, somewhere really neat. This word world, it's uh, in the Hebrew, in the, in the Strong's, it's number 5769. And it means long duration, antiquity, perpetual, old, ancient, continuous existence, everlasting, indefinite, unending, or eternity. Okay? And what he's saying, he's saying he set the world in their heart. He's, he, he lets you know that the world was going on way before you were here. And it'll probably be going on before, after you're gone. So understand that there's an understanding that he puts in each of us to understand just how small we really are in the grand scheme of everything that's going around us. Somebody say amen. Now, some people think they're the center of the universe, right? I, I was like that at one point, okay? But understand that we are only one part of the eternal plan of God. Somebody say amen. And he puts this in each person's heart. What does that mean? He puts in each person a big picture perspective. Okay? Now, I'm going to, this stuff that I wrote out, I want to read it to you because I want to get it right. Every person knows in their heart, in their heart of hearts, I guess, regardless of their intellectual reasoning, okay, that uh, God is. And people could say they're atheists and people can start talking, but in, when they lay their head on the pillow at night, or they go to draw their last breath, they know there's a God. Okay? Now, Romans chapter 1 says that if, if not, if it says if only, if all they do is observe his creation, they're without excuse. So understand that all around us, this beautiful creation that we live in is proof that there's a God. That's what he's saying. Now, each person knows that yes, there is a God, and he does have a plan. And then the nat natural next step is we wonder uh, how, that, uh, how, that, uh, how that affects us. What part of that plan are we? Okay? You ever heard of somebody, they're trying to find themselves. Okay? They're, try they're, they're searching. Okay? They're seekers. You know, remember in the early 90s or mid-90s, that was the big term. They're seekers, you know. They're see seeking something. Seeking God, not knowing what, what, how, to, how to seek Him, but trying to seek, okay. And you'd have these seminars on how to be a seeker-friendly church, okay. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? Am I the only one? Remember that? But everyone seeks to find their purpose and seeks to find their reason for being. Okay, everybody wants to know, why am I here? Okay, why, did, why am I who I am? Why am I where I am? Why am I related to the people I'm related to? Okay, why, why, are, why do I live in Zanesville, Ohio and not Florida? Why do I live in Zanesville, Ohio and not uh, uh, Rio Del Mar, Puerto Rico, where we were and we loved it there? Okay, why do I live? What, what is my purpose in this world? What, where do I fit? Okay, and this this seeking. Okay, this is why that, that after finding some success or fame or whatever someone seeks, the emptiness and the questions they don't go anywhere. They're still there. Okay, they, 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 even even you see people who have seemingly have everything that money can buy, everything that the world could offer, and they're miserable and empty inside. Okay, understand that those there's 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 one thing. That will fill your, that void in your soul. And that is Jesus Christ. That is knowing who he is. Somebody say amen. That is the revelation of who he is. And no amount of money, no amount of drugs, no amount of sex, no amount of fame, 
No amount of partying, no amount of uh, material wealth, no, no mansion, no, no cars, no yachts, no anything is ever going to take that feeling away from you. Okay? I've tried. I've searched. Okay? And I know that many of you have too, so you understand what I'm saying. And I want to say this, this, uh, this next part, I want you guys to really understand. It's another part in red. Okay? Because I really want you to grasp this because where, where we're going, it's, it's really cool. It says, no man can find out the work that he maketh from the beginning to the end. Okay, that's the end of that verse. Now, I'm going to say this. No carnal understanding is ever going to reveal your purpose in God. Okay? No amount of education or searching will show it to you. Okay? No person can know their purpose or their part in his plan until it's revealed in him, by him, and in his time. Okay? Understand, no person is going to know their purpose or their part in his plan until it's revealed in him. Okay? It's revealed in the Lord. Okay? Your purpose. Somebody say amen. It, by him. Okay? And in his time. Somebody say amen. Now, let's go back to Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, uh, I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Now, that word expected. Okay? Uh, also, I looked it up in the Strong's. It's, it's 80, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because there's no point. I'm not going to do it right. So, it's, it's uh, no, Hebrews number 8615, if you're taking notes. Okay? And this means, I want you to really get this. This means cord. Okay? A cord. Okay? But also, it says hope, expectation, things hoped for, the outcome. And so, it's literally, what it says is, what was... It's, it's what was tied to your actions. Okay? What you hoped your actions would bring about. Okay? Now, so, so, so what, what are we saying? He's saying, I have an expected end of you because I have things that I want you to do. I have things that I want you to obey, and it's going to bring about an expected end, something I've purposed for your life. Now, is it the end that you expect? Probably not, okay? Probably not. How many of you ever, ever prayed a prayer so hard and then it didn't come to pass and then later on you're like, whoa, I'm glad that that did not come true. I'm glad that he didn't answer. So understand that God knows way, his thoughts are way above our thoughts, way, way out, okay? But understand that he says, I have thoughts for you, okay, to give you an expected end because I have expectation. I have things that I want you to do that are tied to that expected end. Like a cord, you're gonna, it's going to pull you along to that expected end. Somebody say amen. Now, when we read this verse, we don't usually see it correctly, okay? We, uh, uh, we think that the expected end is whatever our good thoughts about us and our life, what we want it to be, that's our expected end. That's what we want, right? Okay, we're not reading this right. He wants us to receive the end that obedience to him will bring, okay? Good things. Not evil, okay? How many knows that sometimes we don't know what's best for us? How many knows that sometimes the things we want, the things we desire, bring nothing but shame and heartache to our soul? Somebody say amen. Good things. He wants to bring peace to your life. However, those things are attached to obedience and seeking and finding him. Jeremiah 29, 13. Ye shall seek me, and ye shall find me when you search for me. With what? With all your heart. 
Bump your neighbor and say, with all your heart. Now, stay with me. I'm not boring you, am I? Okay. Each decision we make is tied to an ending by a cord. Okay? Consequences. Effects. Landing places. When you jump out there, where are you going to land? Okay? Whatever you jump into, has a, it has an ending. Okay? Now, I'm gonna, this is in red again. Pay attention. Every, and every, capital E-V-E-R-Y, every decision that we make either takes us towards God and his expected end for us, or they take us away from him, away from his will for our life, and an ending that was not purposed for us. And, and there's an and, capital A-N-D, they take us towards an ending tied to the decision we made out of our own vanity. Okay, David, after God's own heart, okay, he started making some decisions uh, tied to some other things, didn't he? You remember when, uh, when he, had, he had, God had given him everything his heart desired. He had the kingdom. He's not running anymore. He was the king. He had peace. The Bible says he had peace about with all of his enemies. Okay? Okay? Now, it says in the springtime when he was, kings should go out to war to secure their borders. He didn't. He stayed home. He took his ease. He made a decision there on his own. Didn't obey what he was told to do. Okay, and where'd that get him? He saw Bathsheba. Okay, that was tied to a cord. Okay, that, that, she was tied to an ending. Okay, because she had a husband, right? He came back, okay? She found out she was pregnant. It's like a soap opera, right? It's like, uh, like sands through the hourglass. So are the days of David's life. <laughs> okay, you read it. It reads like a soap opera, okay? He, husband comes back. He tries to con him into going home and spend the night with his wife so he would think he was the father okay this is this is bible okay then when he wouldn't do it he said no way my fellow soldiers are out there sleeping on the ground they're not in their house with their wives i'm not going i'm gonna sleep on your step and in the morning i'm going back to the front what a guy david's like man what am i going to do he's like well i only have one thing left to do so he writes out a, writes out an order to put him at the front of the line so he can then pull back from him and let him get killed. Now that decision was tied to another ending. Somebody say amen. So we see how exercising our own vain thoughts, exercising our, uh, fulfilling our own pleasures, fulfilling things that we want in our life, always is going to bring turmoil and, and, and unrest. It's always going to bring death into our life. Somebody say amen. It's always going to steal something from your life. And we can choose God. Or we could choose to please our flesh. Those are the only two options that there are. Everything else, if it's not faith, of faith, it's what? Bible says if it's not faith, it's, of, it's sin, right? So understand that two very different endings, but both are tied to the decision made. Understand that? Somebody say, yes, I get it. Yeah, uh-huh. I see a lot of people going. Don't zone out on me. This is really neat. Now, 
Now, people can be conflicted. You can make mistakes, and I'm not talking about that, okay? People make mistakes all the time, including me, including you. Everybody that takes breath makes mistakes. And when you make a mistake, you go back to the altar. You put it under the blood, okay? And he, he forgives you. And there's a lot of times he lets us off with things that, you know, my dad said one time, he said, I think I, my, my wife said I got off too easy. He said in the meeting the other night. <laughs> He's like shaking his head. But understand that there's things sometimes he lets you off the hook, right? Okay? But I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making decisions that you know are not right. I'm talking about tying yourself to things that you know is, are, is only going to lead down a bad path. I, I, that's what I'm talking about. So people can be conflicted, okay? You can make mistakes. You can be confused. You can go back. You, but I'm talking about a path that you get on. Now, James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in how many of his ways? In all of his ways. Carnal choices are tied to difficulties and obstacles at the very least. Okay? Now, I can't stress enough, I mean, looking back at my life, how hard I made my life. I mean, nobody made my life harder on me than me. So, hey, somebody say amen. I'm not the only one. So understand, understand that each decision that I made out from under the realm of, of what God wanted for my life, okay, brought obstacles and difficulties at the very least. A lot of times it's a lot worse than that. Okay, you bring pain to a lot of people. Okay, it's not just you you're affecting. Somebody say amen. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is what? It's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay. So if your decisions are based on your own thoughts, what are you a son or a daughter of? Come on. Come on, somebody. Not God. Amen. Ephesians 2.2 tells us, says, Wherein the time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of what? Disobedience. Okay? So you put yourself in a whole different realm. Okay? Now understand, God still sees you. And God's still thinking about you. And God still is hoping for that expected end for you. But understand that he can't, he's not going to come down here and make decisions for you, okay? Daily, you got you to choose. You got to choose him daily. You got to choose daily what you're going to do. And it's, before the choice ever comes, you, the choice has got to be made. Somebody say amen. Now, this all came about, and you're going to laugh. I read an article, and I don't, I, I don't, I used to watch football. I love football, sports, period. But football, I really like football. And I don't watch it much anymore. But I read a football article about these two different teammates and how one of them was getting released and the other one was staying on. But it went out, it went some, some of their quotes they made over the, over the course of years and how they were teammates with very different goals. Okay, now, if you're a teammate, if you're on the same side and you don't have the same goals, are you really teammates? Okay, one player was on his own team. Okay, if he didn't score the touchdowns, he didn't care. He didn't want to be there. Okay. If I can't score the touchdowns, then I just, I just don't want to. If I can't, you're not giving me the ball every other play, I don't want to be here. Okay. Now, the other teammate said, I just want to win. 
Now, which, which teammate do you want on your team? Okay? Understand, which, which teammate does the coach want on his team? Okay? Understand that there is no plan B. Okay? There is no, there is no, okay, he'll let you decide if you, no, that's not how it goes. Okay? He's the one that decides what is good, what is right and what is wrong for your life. He's the one, it's already been decided. Okay? So what you choose to do, you, you know, you say, hey, I don't care as long as I get to score some touchdowns. Okay? Well, you're not going to be on the team. Okay? He says, I'll, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Okay? God, now, I want you to, this is, this next little part's a little bit hard. And it's a little bit, um, it goes against a lot of things you hear today. Okay? But I'm going to make a few statements. And I want you all to say amen whether you believe it, whether you agree or not. Okay? Say amen anyway. <laughs> God regards mankind and divides his people, or divides between his people and their adversaries. Agree or disagree? Okay, in the Bible, it talks all about God's people and their enemies. So, God divides people in his mind and, uh, and separates them in his mind according to who they are in regards to him. He had his people. Anybody could join his people, but if there were enemies to his people, they were regarded as enemies to his people. Somebody say amen. Many scriptures you can read. Now. Next thing, he looks on mankind and he divides between the children of obedience and the children of disobedience. Now, many doctors today will tell you that we're all on the same team and we're all going to go to heaven. And uh, there was a guy a while back, he was preaching that uh, even Satan's going to get saved. Okay. Uh, let's not go down that road. Okay. Understand that you, you, you have a hand in your salvation. Okay, God did the work. Okay, Jesus, he came to, came to the earth as a man. He, he became the perfect sacrifice. He died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He gave us power in our lives to live for him. Okay, he did all the work. But we still got to choose to be on the team. Somebody say amen. Now, but the Bible tells us, that we're, uh, you know, the, the doctors will tell us that we're all the same. We're all going to the same place. Doesn't matter your beliefs. Okay, well, the Bible tells us that that's not true. Okay, you ever heard of the wheat and the tares? Okay, you ever read that parable about the wheat and the tares? How about the foolish and the wise virgins? Okay, they were all virgins. They were all believers. But some were foolish and some were wise. Okay, so understand that God divides according to obedience and disobedience. Somebody say amen. <laughs> so I'm on the bad list. Trying to be on the good list, and I'm on the bad list. Okay. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. I warned you, this is going to be a little bit hard, okay? But you got to understand, Bible's Bible, okay? Bible's Bible. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will, doeth. Now, what's doeth mean? Does that mean you read it and agree with it? That means that you do it. There's action involved. You put your hands to it, okay? You act, you walk it out in your life. You're a doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Said, many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name? And in thy name did many wonderful works. Now, I don't think he's preaching about Presbyterians here. 
okay? I'm making a joke, okay? These are spirit-filled folks. These are people who believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. These are people who understand the moving of the Spirit. They've seen people healed. They've seen people cast, the devils cast out, okay? But they're still on the wrong list. You understand what I'm saying here, okay? And then while I profess unto them, I never knew you. He said one place, I know you not whence you are. You're on the other side of the door. Okay, I don't know you because of where you are. You've put yourself outside of my covenant. You've put yourself on the other side of it. So I, he says, I know you not. Depart me from, from me, ye that work iniquity. If you're not in obedience, I don't care how many free lunches you pass out or how many uh, little old ladies you take to the grocery store, you're working iniquity in your life, the Bible says. Somebody say amen. I said this was going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Somebody say I love you, Matt. I love you, brother Matt. Say it. I love you anyway. Okay. There you go. I feel that. I'm trying to love you. Yeah. Okay. Ezekiel 9, 4. And the Lord said unto him, said, go through the midst of the city. Okay. And through the midst of Jerusalem, I want you to listen to this. He said, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men. He told the angels, okay, he was envisioning the city. The city was going to get attacked. And there were some angels that came to the city to do the attacking. They were going to go in there and slaughter, okay? But one of them had a writer's inkhorn in his hand. He had like a, a little thing of ink and pen. He had a ballpoint pen. He had a magic marker, okay? And he said, Fly, he says, under them, it says, uh, go through the midst of the Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Oh, how you feel about what's going on around matters. Okay, whether or not it grieves your spirit. If you're not grieved by abortion, I'm not sure what to do with you. Okay, if you're not grieved about all the, all the, all the, the filthiness that's going on in people's lives and stuff that they're trying to feed your kids in school... Then I don't know what to do. You got to be. You understand. The grieve means you're going to take it to prayer, right? And there's a lot of people that do a lot of complaining, but you got to do some praying too. Understand that. But understand, he says unto the others, he said in mine hearing, the rest of them, the people that weren't sighing and crying, he said, go ye after him through the city and smite. Okay. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Okay. He's saying, look, if you don't care about what I care about then you're not on my team. And the end of you, the end for you is death. And he says, slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And begin, get this, begin at my sanctuary. Okay, it starts right here. Doesn't matter what City Hall is doing. It doesn't matter what Congress is doing. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court is doing. It matters what we are doing right here in his sanctuary. It starts right here with you and me. Okay? Understand that. And he discerns our motives. He knows why you come to church. He knows why. He knows whether it's out of obligation. He knows whether it's out of habit. Okay? He knows when you have hostility toward his word coming from the pulpit. If you have hostility toward what I'm saying right now, he knows it. Okay, understand. We occupy his thoughts. Okay, and he's 
dividing us according to obedience and disobedience. Somebody say amen. Now, how do we find God's expected end for ourselves? How do we find it? Psalms 34, 7 lays it out. Okay? You can stand with me if you will. I'm about done. Psalms 37.4 says, Delight thyself in the Lord, also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. So the first is delight. Okay? He, de- he, is, the de- he is a delight. The Lord wants to be your friend. He wants to come alongside you. Or your joint heir with Jesus Christ. Okay? He wants to have communion, fellowship with you. He delights in me. When I do right. Okay? We should delight in him. Coming to church should be a delight for us. When we come into the place and gather together with our with every day that we live, we should delight in the Lord. I mean, he's brought me from so far. I can't help. I can't help but praise him. I can't help but give him but give him worse. I can't help but delight in the fact that he saw fit to give me another chance, to give me an opportunity to fix things in my life, okay? I can't help but delight in that. I can't help but praise him for his mercy. I can't help but, but, but lift up worship to try to show somebody else, look, look what he did for me, okay? That should be our motivation, not begrudgingly, not obligation, okay? Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I mean, what makes, what makes the devil matter than him not being able to get to you? And I just told you, if you're called according to his purpose, okay, and you're loving him like you're supposed to love him, and you're called according to his purpose, there's nothing in this world that can happen to you that is not for your good. I mean, hallelujah, amen. How, what better news is there than that? Commit, okay? 37.5 says, commit thy ways unto the Lord. Okay? I tried to remember the story the other night because I was studying this a little bit uh, beforehand, but there's when, how many, ever, how many likes to fly on airplanes? You like to fly on airplanes? Now, I don't mean jump out of them. I mean fly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How many likes to fly? I like to fly. Okay? And the, my favorite part's taking off. Okay? And, uh, First time, first time I taxied out on that runway, Tara and I went to Texas, and we got out there on that runway, and she goes, we're about to go really fast. And I'd never flown. I didn't know what it was like. But they take off, man. They throw that throttle back and pushes you back in the seat. You take off down that runway, okay? And up to a certain point, that flight can be stopped. Okay, up to a certain point. They can call it all, oh, we got a problem. Okay, we got to back off the throttle. We have room to slow down. But past a certain point, they radio over the thing, and they say, we're committed. Okay, we're not stopping. Uh, no matter what happens, we're not stopping. This is being committed. That's what commit thy ways unto the Lord means. That means there's no, you're past the point of no return. You're not going back to where you were. You're, you, you're, not, you're not keeping a couple of aces back. You're not keeping a little bit back here hidden just in case. Okay? Everything is his. All my ways 
All my thoughts, all my resources, everything that I am is his. That's commitment. That's committing. Trust says, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust means that your actions reflect your faith. And if your actions don't reflect your faith, your faith is dead. Somebody say amen. James said, faith is without works is dead, being alone. As the body without the spirit is dead. If you don't put your, you know, it's good to pray and it's good to have faith, but your faith better have legs. And it better have hands. And it better have a mouth. And it better have actions that you're putting behind it. Somebody say amen. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, it's your reasonable service. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove, you'll prove it in your life, the acceptable, perfect will of God. It'll be proven to you in your life if you delight, if you commit, and if you trust. And then you're going to receive that expected end. You can be sure that the end that you receive is tied to that decision. It's, it's an expected end. The one that God had expected for you had you obeyed. Amen? Many folks say the Lord don't answer my, doesn't answer my prayers. And James speaks about uh, asking amiss. He says you have not because you ask not. But you, then you also ask amiss because you just want something to consume on your own lusts. If your actions are tied to, tied to carnal desires, then your expected end is death. Therefore, your prayers are moot. Somebody say amen. If this is the case and you aren't spiritually ready to do anything, now I want you to hear this. This is in red. If this is the case, if, you're, if your actions are tied to carnal desires and your expected end is death, if this is the case, then you aren't spiritually ready to do anything else except repent. If you're living your life by your own desires, you're praying your prayers are not. They're just prayers. Okay? Understand that at that point, the only thing you can do spiritually is repent. Somebody say amen. This is the word. Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, but then shall ye call upon me. When you search for him with your old heart, then shall you call upon me and go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I'll hear you. I care about what's happening. I see you. The thoughts I have towards you are good. I just want you to straighten up. Be a good boy or girl. Just, just live in obedience. I'll hear your prayers. It says, and you shall seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When you're seeking with your whole heart, you'll find and then you'll pray, and you'll ask out of a pure heart, and you'll you watch the Lord unfold your rose. You watch Him unfold your rose. I'm going to I feel to read this poem, and these altars are open, and whenever uh, if you feel to come. This is called when God unfolds a rose. It says there's been times when I felt my prayer didn't even reach the ceiling of the room. Where I knelt to pray, and a voice inside me kept asking me that I think God was really listening to anything I had to say. I just kept on praying and holding on by faith, knowing that God's still in control. And I waited like a rosebud in a garden, because only God can unfold a rose. And when God unfolds a rose, he always gets it right. And when the petals are in place, oh, it's a beautiful sight. God knows when to hold on 
and the perfect time for letting go. So let him have his way and watch God unfold the rose. There are trials and tribulations that we all must face. And when it comes to heartache, we've all had our share. But it is at the darkest hour we need to hold God to the promise. He said he'd never give us more than we could bear. So you just keep right on praying and holding on by faith, knowing that God's working everything out for the good. And you wait just like a rosebud in the garden, because only God can unfold a rose. And it's in his time. It's how he wants to do it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to, to, to share your word. And God, I, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the way your word speaks to us, Lord. Lord, in the love, Lord, that you show towards us, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that tonight that you would have mercy. Oh, Lord, help us to see. Help us to see where we are falling short. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in our hearts and our lives tonight. Lord, let your word be a, be a seed on good ground and grow and be watered and give increase and give fruit in our lives. And God, I pray, Lord, that each person under the sound of my voice will begin to understand what it means to have your expected end. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way among your people tonight, Lord. Lord, work in, my, uh, work in our midst, Lord, that we may grow and we may show forth fruit to this city and to this region and to this state. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.